Hi everybody, Dan Duva here, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. The SLGND podcast welcomes its first player guest. Nate Schmidt joins Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave outside the D Hotel and Casino at the Fremont Street Experience. Before Nate joins the conversation, we discuss the Golden Knights 4-2 and two road trip, storylines around the current seven-game homestand, and all the possibilities for the trade deadline approaching in just two weeks. Nate Schmidt recalls his experiences at previous trade deadlines. Our wide-ranging conversation covers his role with the Knights, what he thinks about playing in Vegas, and other insights into the VGK dressing room. Nate sticks around for two of our favorite segments, the quiz and raise or fold. It's a lot of fun. You don't want to miss this one. It's hashtag SLGND. Sheriff, Lawless, and some guy named Dave. Presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave. All right, Dan Duva, I am some guy named Dave. Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave podcast coming to you from Fremont Street, the D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. Dave Gosher, along with Jay Knighty, Garrett Lawless, Dan Duva, Everybody in the house on this Monday afternoon in downtown Vegas. And this is, uh, so last time we were here, guys, a couple of weeks ago at, was it 9 a.m.? It's a little more crowded at, what time is it, 3.30? It was a bigger crowd, but you you love performing for the audience, <laughs> Dave, so this is right up your alley. So I'll be singing show tunes coming up a little bit Waiting later. for the musical interlude, aren't we? we yes, we are. That'll, that'll, be, that'll um, come later in the show. That'll be a bit later in the show, as will uh, Nate Schmidt, Golden Ice defenseman, will join us. A little bit later on, and um, we're hoping Nate's going to join us for a good portion of the show, not just, we have a guest of the day, and I think Nate's capable, he's one of the more <laughs> affable guys on the team, so he's capable of a lot more. Could probably than, replace one of us. That, yeah, yeah, easily, and preferably me, but <laughs> if not me, then he'll just join us. Sure, so. Should we start, like, putting names there or voting for who, yeah. uh, who steps away? Who's the first one off the island? We could do that for sure. So, uh, but in any event, Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave Podcast. Great to have you with us. The Golden Knights uh, recently back home and in the middle of a seven-game homestand, their longest homestand of the season. And coming off, uh, Sheriff, a real good road trip. You know, you looked at that, that trip, the six games over an 11-day period. They win four out of six. And basically everybody on that trip either in a playoff spot or just hanging around the fringes like Minnesota. Um, for them to come out of that... Four and two, the last two games, Pittsburgh on a Tuesday, San Jose on a Thursday, managed to come out with that with a real good record. Well, they started it the right way, and they did a good job, built confidence. And the interesting thing is maybe not their best hockey, but they found ways to win on the road. And, and to me, that points to a team that's, you know, doing some good things. You have some structure to fall back on when other things aren't there. Uh, and the last game, very important, the San Jose game to, to go 4-2, and 3-3, three and three, and Gerard Glant said this to yesterday, went from what would have been a good trip to a great trip, to come out of that 4-2, and two, um, a real gritty win. Marc-Andre Fleury in that first period in San Jose, and that's what you wanted a goaltending. When you have tough travel like that, you're in a situation where the last game of the trip, the goaltender steps up in the first period like Marc-Andre Fleury did, uh, held it to a 1-1 game despite being outshot 16-4, uh, allowed the team to come back, and they did. In the third period, they found a way to win it. You know, I think one of the things that has sort of been underplayed, and this is a credit to the Golden Knights, they're banged up. They're, they're missing Thomas Nosek. They're missing Will Carrier. 
Lucas Biza, John Merrill, took four, four regulars out of your lineup, and it stretches them thin. But I really think, and I talked to Shane a little bit about this, it's one thing to take Spiza and, and Merrill out because they have better answers on the blue line in terms of well, you're able to put in Brad Hunt. Yeah. He's, a, he's a, a, a pretty a pretty serviceable guy to be able to plug in there. But Noshik and Carrier, they complete their lineup. I think that's the, the phrase that, that, that you used that I really liked. Carrier is a, is a forechecking presence that they really miss when he's not in that lineup. And Nosik, another big body. You take really their two big forwards that are willing to bang and, and go to the net and, and create some havoc, and then you throw in Nosik's ability to penalty kill. I, I think they're really diminished in terms of their depth, and there's an element missing when those guys aren't in the lineup. And it's something, and that's a very good point, but I don't think you would have recognized it until it happened. Like if you told me earlier on, well, you know, Nosik and Kerry might be on a lineup with injury, you're like, okay, well, you know, uh, but you're, you're, you're bang on. I think you look at that team and the depth they need, the type of game those two players play is missing from the lineup. Kerry, think of the penalties before he got injured that he was able to draw uh, because he was physical, because he's on the puck. Uh, Nosek, I think there's another level of offense that I'm interested to see if he can reach. Uh, I think he's the guy that you know possibly moves up in the lineup if, if there's an injury there that can provide some offense. Uh, he's a smart player. These are these are two very valuable guys to this team, and I don't think, and unless they were in the lineup, you recognize how important and how much they really add to what this lineup is as complete and, and the elements they bring to make this team really efficient. And I'd be curious to see too, Shane, as we sit here right now, uh, doing this podcast. The NHL trade deadline is two weeks from today. Yeah. Are they going to be able to add something? You know, and maybe, hey, look, maybe it is from within with Nosek. Maybe he's somebody that can play in a more offensive role. But, you know, if you look at there, they just recently kind of configured a line, right, of uh, Belmar, Tuck, and Carpenter to try to manufacture some offense. Carpenter scored in back-to-back games. Uh, Belmar had a two-point game, I think, in Washington yep. on a road trip. Uh, Tuck had hit the skids, and he scored to, to get to his 10th goal of the season. But... Whether it's Nosek or whether they do something and bring somebody in between now and two weeks from now, I think that's an area, and we've kind of talked about this before, their bottom six forwards, they're going to need at some point some more, some more production from them if, you know, if they're going to get to where all of us want them to go down the road. I wonder if it's time to, to have a look at Thomas Hika, who has scored a lot for right. them in the American League. And there's, I talked to George McPhee in Washington ostensibly to talk about his return to Washington where you know franchise that that, that he really you know took from a, a he, they had 2900 season ticket holders when he took over that franchise and they won a lot of games under him and they've been sold out for about 10 years he said something interesting I asked him about the deadline he said you know their, their, their plan is changes every day and they're not really gonna you know be they have a number of plans which plan they'll select you know, they'll, they'll make that decision as they get closer to the deadline. But then he said, we'll try and do as much as we can from within. And that, you know, that additional scoring, yeah. he could, can skate. He, he's got NHL speed. Uh, having a look at him at some point in time, I think, is has to be part of the plan. The problem is, if you're going to bring him up, you're going to get over 23 contracts if you don't have injuries. And then 
one of these younger, younger, younger players. They're going to have to put on waivers to try to get in the American League, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It gets, it gets difficult. So it's just not that easy of, okay, bring him up. I mean, there's other issues to, to think about. But when everybody says, well, what do the Golden Knights need? What's the trade? And before you talk to trade, it's great to make trades and say, oh, yeah, it'd be great to get this guy and that guy. But I think, you know, George McPhee, for what they've done building this franchise, you have to be very calculated in your decision, and you have to explore all options. And as Gary mentioned, I think it's important to look within before you start looking elsewhere. And you got to evaluate everything. And I think players being on a lineup has helped them evaluate a little bit more of that depth, the areas they may need. Can they do it from within? Or maybe they will have to go out. I'm not saying... You don't have to trade for someone, but I think you have to look at all possibilities first, especially the situation they're in. Having a great season, they're going to be very competitive, but you also have to look at the future. And, and I think this conversation could sound a bit different a week from now when Tomas Nosek oh, is inevitably back in the lineup. He skated today with a no con with without oh, his no-contact jersey. In other words, he's ready to go. Gerard Gallant did not commit to him playing against the Blackhawks, but it sounds like he very well may play against the Blackhawks. And he was with Belmar on that line uh, with the possibility of Leipzig or Carpenter. In other words, they put Alex Tuck back with Cody Eakin and Oscar Lindbergh. So to see that return for Nosek, if in fact he is back against the Blackhawks, you see kind of things getting back to the way they had been before, well, Gary. You hear general managers talk about that all the time as, well, we got, we made our own addition at the deadline when a yeah. guy came back from injury. And yeah. you know, it's, the other thing also is that they do have some, some pending UFAs, and if he doesn't move those guys, it's like we kept our own rentals as well. So uh, uh, he's in, it, it's really been really interesting to hear GMs all around the league talking recently about the debt of Gar Snow. Nah, the prices are too crazy and they don't pay off. David Poyle, well, we did a lot in the summer. You know, we don't need to hit a home run. We'd like to nibble around the edges. Jim Nell, I like our team when we're healthy. And on and on and on, you're hearing guys talk about it's, it's too expensive. Evander Kane, the Buffalo Sabres, it's it's wide open. They're they're trying to move him. They want three pieces for this play, <laughs> and uh, and you know Rick. Now you've got Rick Nash on the market, and you got Mike Hoffman on the market, and all of a sudden, you know I had I had a, a media member say to me the other day, it'll be interesting to see what Jason Botterill does when he gets to the deadline if he hasn't moved Evander Kane because that price may drop. If if and we see this every year. Some price, the price can escalate or it can drop. And if it drops, do you, do you move that player for cents on the dollar? And maybe that's when George McPhee gets involved at the very last minute if he can do something that doesn't cost a lot and can help his team. But uh, this is, uh, Gosh, I, uh, I think this is huge. Chemistry has been so important yeah, to this team. Yeah, for sure, Gary. And just to kind of further your point or maybe ask the question, like Pittsburgh's won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. What did they add at the deadline those two years? They added Ron Hainsey last year, right? Yep. Would not insignificant considering. It played a big role, but yeah, yeah you're not. In, it's not a big sexy name out no. there at all. You know, Nashville went to the final last year. They had made the trade for Johansson the year before, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or you know, in the offseason. They didn't do much. Like the jury's very much out on whether that does that put a team really over the top. Well, that's for fun. Let's go yeah, around. Like, Who would Dan? You can add one guy. 
doesn't matter what the cost is. Well, I, Nash from the Rangers, is, yeah. you know, that comes to mind. I mean, given that he's, you know, you, you see how Elaine Vigneault has used him, not just to, to put up points, but you put him up against an opposing team's top line. That price tag is over $7 million, though. That There's a drawback. But, they've got, but, they've, it, it's, yeah, he's, he's you're a right. rental. They've got the cap room. He's coming right. off the books at the end of the year. He does. So it's Rick Nash for you. I'd say Rick Nash. Go yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess I go with Nash, too, Gary, just because I think he could, you know, and, and the argument is he could go right back to the Rangers in the offseason. Fair enough. That's not our problem. It's a rental. But they need scoring on somewhere on you know that if you look at that left side on their third or fourth lines they need someone to score now does he i don't see them altering their top two lines but could he jump start let's say it's eakin and tuck on that third line yeah i just think somebody in his presence short term i think could be somebody i'd take a flyer off for shane sure. so we're talking about vegas yep for here anybody well yeah and rick nash is the big name out there i i you know you can mention hoffman definitely not Kane. I'll say that. That's a no. I don't think that, that fits in. I think you have to go into a group that's willing to take that on. On the ice, great player. Uh, you know, Michael Grabner, to me, is a guy. Yeah. Uh, he's got, what, 23 goals this year. He had 27 last year. Uh, the one thing, you know, Rick Nash is a pretty good penalty killer, too, but Grabner brings the speed. I think he really fits into the style of game. So it'd be a toss-up between those two. Playing Rick Nash, just a veteran leadership. You go into that, he's going to carry a lot of weight. He's a good guy to have around. But Grabner, I'd put right beside him. Mike Green. Uh, and I think Mike Green's ability to spark offense from the blue line would get some of those forwards going. Shane doesn't like the to The sheriff, not sir. Well, saw what Kevin Shattenkirk did last year in Washington. I think it'd be a much, very similar result. Yeah. yeah. We, um, we, we, we disagree. We disagree. Well, that's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I mean, in terms of the position, I mean, there, there are those, you know, who uh, who does he replace in the lineup if you got everybody else healthy? At least, you know, in terms of the forwards, enough guys have been banged up. It seems to me you could slot a forward in on that third or fourth line, like you said, Dave. Yeah, I, th I think Nash would be a great addition. I, you know, I just, what, you know, what are they you asking? You guys all said that. Where what are they asking for for him? I said Grabner. Nash is, you know, the price is, uh, is very similar to Vander King. Right, and actually, I said three pieces. They've come down to two pieces. It's now a first-round pick and then a prospect or a second-round pick. That's the price for, for those players. And uh, I'll be really interested to see if anybody pays it because it is uh, – we saw, you know, uh, the Minnesota Wild did that last year with Martin Hansel, and it just damaged their team – uh, when you moved Eric Halla down their lineup, it really damaged their team. And the Washington Capitals, you just mentioned, uh, getting Shattenkirk, it bumped Nate Schmidt out of, the, out of the mix, and that hurt them as well, I think. In terms of the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave Podcast, coming to you from the D Hotel, Fremont Street, downtown Vegas. The D is the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights. One player we know is going to be a big part of this for the Golden Knights moving forward. He's been a big part of it all year, Sheriff. William Carlson, 29 goals. Leads the league at a plus 30 at last check. And, you know, look, we're spoiled. We see him every game. But if he's not somebody in the bigger picture that people aren't looking at as a Selkie candidate, they're just not, people aren't paying attention. I mean, he's been, his all-around game has been as good as you'd get all season long. Well, I think I've been banging the drum for a little while here as the season's gone on with him. And uh, you watch him play, you watch his awareness. 
you know, on the defensive side of the puck, his compete, he wins battles. He, he not, not the biggest guy, but he's smart. He gets on the right side, body position, protects the puck, defensive stick. Uh, his stick when he leads in on a four check is on. The, he, he has the ability to strip the plays. The one area, if I'm looking for him, if I look at the other guys around the league, and I think, you know, you're immediately, I think Patrice Bergeron, season he's having, uh, he's up there plus minus, up there faceoff percentage, scoring, Kopitar, the other name that those two. Another guy who watched last game and who right. dominated, Sean Couturier, who came into the league as a defensive specialist. Now he's having an outstanding season. So those, what those guys have over Carlson is the face-off wins. So, you know, that's one area I think Carlson will continue to get better, but I think he's in the conversation, and I'd put those other three guys right with him. Carlson leads the league in plus-minus. He's fifth in the league in amongst forwards in takeaways. And then here's the two numbers that I love. The quality of competition that, he, that, that he's played against this year is harder, tougher than all of those players. Tougher than Bergeron, tougher than Couturier, tougher than Taves, tougher than Kopitar. And his five-on-five goal production, his line, number one in the league. So he's playing against better players. It's marginal, but nonetheless... How, how does that figure out? How is that figured out? It's a it's a it's a possession stat that the the, the 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 aggregate Corsi of all the players that Carlson has played against is higher than all those players combined. Why are you laughing? So he's playing against different players. He's playing against better players. Their but they're the same players. It's just the difference in the stats is what you're telling me. That's not what I'm telling you at all. Well, <laughs> I don't. They're gonna play. They're gonna play similar players. His ice time is played against players with higher Corsi numbers than all those other players. Oh, so those, yeah, higher Corsi's better players. <laughs> we got Abbott and Costello over here, Dave. <laughs> I, I understand Shane's. No, I get it. Shane's, I get it. Shane's, yep. Oh, absolutely. Abhorrence for some I saw. Of, I saw a good Florida fan note the, the last couple of years with that <laughs> method. Hey, come on. That, Panthers are doing fantastic. Don't, put, don't lump me up into that. Okay? Well, you just said I'm it. Just, That's I'm exactly use, what they tried I'm to build the team numbers, on. Not to... Not to pick a team. You had me with everything else until then. All right, fair, fair enough. Yeah. Who's on first? But it is yeah. a stat, so I agree. There, there, and there is people that that's well, what they look at. you watch him play every night. Put it that way. You watch, you watch who he plays against. He plays against the, the opposition's best. His oh, he does, absolutely. But so they all do. They all play, so say they play against Kopitar's line. But judging on that night, I guess, maybe Kopitar has better stats than against another line. But he's been... But it's the same player. That's, my, I guess, my argument. Fair enough. And it is the first time he's, like, he was a third-line guy in Columbus, right? Couldn't, had a hard time moving up the lineup. He's been, he's been dynamite all year. You know, you mentioned this before, Shane. And it's hard, it's easy to forget it. He starts the year on the wing. That's true. The guy by the name of Shibashev's here, right? They move him out. They put him between Smith and Marshall. That Marcus was Shane's signing. Shane was all behind that signing. Shibashev, is that Shibashev. true? that was Shane's... Shane I'll tell you what, he was from what I watched, give him, give him a big ice surface, he's a hell of a player. You gonna watch him in the Olympics? Ship a chef? I might watch it. Yeah. In the Olympics, you'll actually get to see him, uh, you know, it's a pretty big competition. You're gonna see some other players, but Shipashev there with oh, the quote unquote we Russian need to get a We need to do a periscope of, of the live version of yeah, the, we absolutely. podcast. We just had the Johnny Depp Pirates of the Caribbean. That was Captain Jack Sparrow that just came <laughs> we got over. some great characters hanging around us here in front of the D. Elvis was here earlier. This is unbelievable. Come down and join us. This is awesome. Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast coming to you from Fremont Street. And 
the sights on Fremont Street are sights to behold. D Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Golden Knights. Transaction for the Golden Knights the other day, Max Legacy back. Started in 13 straight games earlier this year. Kept them above water. Well, they go 6-5-2 and two in those 13 games. Um, I'm sure the injury to Subban, but either way, you know, they've, they've been able to ride Marc-Andre Fleury, who's been lights out, but now you get Legacy back, who's had a good run in Chicago down in the American League. It's really interesting to see. He came up, and his first game came in the middle of the game when Oscar Nance got hurt, was in Brooklyn. He went uh, one and five in his in in the first five first six games that he played in. In the the back half of it, he went five for eight. He won five of eight, and the opportunity to work with Dave Pryor and to face the, the best shooters in the world. It was kind of like he went to goalie school, like the, the greatest goalie school ever. You've got Dave Pryor working you with you after every period, after every practice, and you're facing the best shooters in the world. Well, the proof is in the pudding. He took those numbers, won five of eight, and then went to the American League and won a crazy run. And I believe he's 11-4-1 in yeah. those games uh, since he returned to the American League. Guys, this was a player on the way out. Yeah. The Dallas Stars released him. He was not, uh, uh, wasn't in their plans even at the American League level. And Dave Pryor, I talked to Dave Pryor last night about Legacy, and he said to me, he stays the course. It doesn't matter if it's 5-1 for them or 5-1 for us. He continues to do what we want him to do as a goaltender. And that mental ability to stay level, you can't teach that, and he's got it. Well, confidence and opportunity, right? And it's what you make with that opportunity as a player. Everybody waits for that small sliver when it comes. A lot of them don't take advantage, and some do. He's one of those players that took advantage, developed his game, and now he's got some confidence as a goaltender. And his Fenwick's really good, too. Oh, well, perfect. <laughs> Fenwick, Corsi. You see the sheriff's head about to explode over there. Oh, what do you think, Dave? Let's get your thoughts on it. <laughs> oh, it hurts my brain. The Fenwick and the Corsi. I know it's a big part of it, but I can't. I can't do it. I no, just can't do it. it. Can't do it. I can't. It's not can't. for me. <laughs> no. Uh, you I, want me to commit to this too? I'm on your side. My ignorance. Me. I don't understand it, but that's fine. You Statistics can make it are used that, like too. a drunk uses a lamp. It's a for tool. Support rather than illumination. <laughs> I believe it's a tool. Something they use. What did Duva just say? That's it. <laughs> Something about a drunk and a lamppost. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line. For support rather than illumination. Yes, exactly. 100%. Thanks, Gary. I think we have uh, someone more important than us. We do. <laughs> we do. That's, that doesn't happen very often. There's quite a few of them it's around. Rare. It's rare. <laughs> we have our guest of the day here on the Sheriff Lawless is Some Guy Named Day podcast. And guest of the day brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company. It's a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. And this working cattle ranch. Sits on 28,000 acres of land, and it's a, it's a little something for everyone. It's a hidden gem. It's world-class golf, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. Check it out at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. Look who just walked down Fremont Street and took a seat. Nate Schmidt. Hi, guys. What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, I thought I just, uh, what day is it today? Monday. It's Monday. I thought I'd take a trip down Fremont on Monday. You know, just see what's going on. <laughs> and then for some reason, you guys were sitting here. I thought I'd come over and say hi. Well, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's we got nothing better to do. I know that. <laughs> Is this all right? Yeah, we're, we're just Whoa. moving things around here. Hey, Whoa. how much time do you spend in uh, downtown Vegas? You come down here much? 
You know, I only live like 12 minutes away from here. Yeah. It's easier to get to. Yeah. It's nice. We were here, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, a month ago, the Fan Fest was right on yeah, that stage I with 10,000 people. I so. think I drilled somebody. Yeah, you did, the poor girl. <laughs> you did what? what did you I do? went for the long range shot, and, and then I hit a girl I on, saw her, on, her, on her dad's shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Her, yes, dad, her dad did a good job hanging on. T-shirt. Yeah, it was a T-shirt. Right in the dome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, have you ever done any, uh, so you can zip line here, have you ever yeah. done? Have you done that? No, I haven't. I would love to. You guys doing it after? Yeah, we'll do that after the Gabe show. Gabe will. I'm not. I'll do it. So there's ones where you can I would hang. love to see a Gary Lawless on that. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> if, would you fly, Gary, or would you like just hang? I'd fly, like Superman. Well, there's a rumor that I'm going to be in a leotard on Wednesday. <laughs> no. At the, uh, at the uh, Cirque du Soleil recovery uh, day. So uh, wow. we'll find out. If that. that's the to case, public, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. To, hey, Eric Tosi, our public relations guy, can we get a, a picture of that somehow? Like if he gets into one of those leotards? I know it's probably going to be a closed phone cir- you know, circumstance. <laughs> we would break Twitter. We, that's a sight to behold. Like we would break, break the harness. Every, and then we break social, every social media site would go down. You'd overtake Kim K in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's making fun of me because I'm talking too much about Corsi. Yeah. Are you an analytics guy? What's that? All right, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Fenway? I, I know a little bit about it. Yeah. I mean, just, just from what you hear on the guys. You get the Corsi God Marshy talking about it every day. Oh. <laughs> well, he came from Florida. <laughs> hey, are you one of those guys, Nate, that, um, well, let me, not, not just you, but the most guys after the game, they grab a stat sheet, look at ice time, look at plus minus. Are you one of those guys? Look at turnovers, takeaways. I, there's two things I look at, and it's takeaways and giveaways. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. that I, that's like, that kind of really what I like to say what mounts my game. <clears throat> you know, because I'm not, you know, a big overly physical D-man, so my, my job is to be good with my stick and be able to take pucks away and not give it up as you're going up the ice because that's, that's my job, to exit the zone cleanly. Those are the two things that I look at. Nate Schmidt, Golden Ice Defenseman, joining us here. So we're going to, um, if you're okay with this, a few yeah. things we want to get to here. And sounds great. We've got a quiz. We've got a few oh, different, nothing, awesome. no hard questions, it but we've got great. some different, different <laughs> ideas we want to throw by you. So, uh how much you, how much attention do you pay to what's going on around the league, like the Rangers situation? You know, they're they have a they have an announcement via Twitter that they're not going to be buyers at the deadline. They're kind of looking to oh, retool their that. team, yeah. sell off. Like Nash might get traded, and a, a bunch coach, of guys might go. A coach in the NHL said yesterday that the Rangers, their move to make that announcement was a genius move because it took the pressure completely off the players. And this coach said the Rangers are closer to being a playoff team now after that announcement than they were prior to it. And then they went out and beat the Winnipeg Jets right after the coach said that. Let me tell you something about playing without pressure, (laughs) which started the beginning of this year. You know, the sheriff will tell you, playing without pressure is the easiest way to play this game. And you look at the beginning of the year, I think the reason why our guys played so well you know, schedule was nice. You know, I let all the long home stand, but there was no pressure on us. So you go out there and play, and you know, historically we were supposed to lose games. And now when you go out there and you get a group of guys, all of a sudden you start to believe in each other, and you start to believe it. All of a sudden, your confidence comes back, and then you play hockey with confidence. That's that's the best way to play it. I mean, there's no other way to do it. That's when guys play their best. I remember Gary and I talked with like Winnipeg when they started to establish themselves with the talent. I said, well, it's going to be interesting because. You say pressure, the other word I would use is expectation. All of a sudden there's an expectation of where you should be. 
And then that adds the pressure. Could tell you a little bit about that in Wash. In yeah. Washington. Yeah, well, yeah, you would know in Washington. Or, you know, <laughs> I had it in lose, Ottawa. You lose a couple and the sky is falling. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's on talk radio. It's in the newspapers. It's on Twitter. And is you can try and ignore it. It gets to you, doesn't it? We played the defending Stanley Cup champions in the second round last year. We played Pittsburgh. And you walked into the locker room. It was like we were supposed to beat them in four games. That's just the way it felt. That's just the way the media portrayed it. That's the way that the guys in the locker room took it, our staff took it. And that's hard. It's hard to play like that. You make a mistake. We're, we're in game seven, and you make a mistake, and we go down a goal, and it was like you just you punctured the balloon. There was no more air left in the tank just because you went down one goal. Yep. No. Uh, yeah. Was there too much? I'm curious to get your assessment of it, Nate, the last couple of years in Washington. President's Trophy, was there too much pressure? Do you think there was... What I don't know a better way to ask. Like, what do you think happened uh, from regular season? You know, you can the, the easy answer I guess would be you ran into the team that ended up winning it. Yeah. Each of those two years, but you guys were a wagon in the regular season. Have you been able to, you know, kind of flush that out a little bit? Uh, the sheriff could tell you that there's no there's no such thing as replicating what a playoff series is. Yeah. No. Nothing. There's nothing. You can play a big regular season game. You know, we played Tampa before the break. It was, you know, to try and get us close to being in the first place. That was a big game, right? A big home game. The first game of the year here was a big home game. But nothing feels like that first home playoff game. You know, we were supposed to sweep Toronto. We went to six games, won in overtime, you know, against the the kids at the time. And then you get into Pittsburgh. It's just all bets are off, I think, when it comes to playoff time. It's just you never know. You run into a hot goalie. You run into Flower, who ends up not playing the rest of the playoff series, <laughs> but just plays incredible. For it was unbelievable against unbelievable. Washington. It was unbelievable. And so, I mean, that's just, you run into something like that, and there's nothing you can do about it. It was just one of those things that just, they they had the kind of mentality that we do now, that we were going to always come back in games. We were always going to come back and win games, that there wasn't really no pressure on us. The one difference I noticed is that a lot of teams have expectations, as you mentioned. It's the ones that can handle, and it's a quiet confidence from within. And having been part only once in my career to go all the way through, playing on a president's team in Ottawa, uh, you know, we won the president's trophy there and expectations, but, you know, we, we didn't make it. lost to New Jersey in the seventh game uh, of the Eastern final. Uh, and then with Boston, you, you build a confidence in there that you won't be defeated. And I think the biggest thing is overcoming those obstacles early in playoffs. Like we first two games at home in Boston, we yeah. lost to Montreal <laughs> at home, yeah. down 0-2, Going, first yeah. place, playing eighth place, yeah. 0-2 to Montreal. Yeah. Then we went in there 1-2, and that kind of just from then on there was a, there there's something in that room that you know, yeah there was pressure, yeah there was expectations, but we knew. You could handle it. And I, I don't know how that gets developed, but it does. And you look at the teams that won. Chicago's won three times. Expectations have been there. Pressure's been there. Pittsburgh twice in a row. It's not easy to do. No. And it comes within the locker room, you know, and I, and I like, really love playing with those guys. It just, there is something there. There's something in the room. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mental hurdle. You know, like, you know we had gotten through, like, you're supposed to be so good. You're, you are good, right? We're in the regular season. We go out and run the table, essentially, in both seasons. And the whole year, everyone was like, just waiting for the playoffs. Just wait for the playoffs. Just wait yeah. there. We'll get there. We'll wait there. We'll, we'll get there. When we're, when we're there, we'll do our thing. But then all of a sudden, you hit it, and it hits you like a ton of bricks because it's a whole different ballgame. You hear players talk about there's two schools of thought around the deadline. Leave us alone. We like our room. We like our chemistry. Or 
we need something, we need a boost. You were with Washington last year. They added a player, bumped certain players out of the lineup. <laughs> And let me tell what? you, the last three trade deadlines, <laughs> you get screwed every time. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been that guy. Yeah. So, what's your? Uh, you guys have built this with the with the guys in the room. Would you like to go go together the way you are? I think so. I we've been a little bit uh, banged up a little bit lately. I think um, what makes us so difficult to play against is we have a four line attacking and our forwards and. Not saying that our guys aren't in there, but the guys that are hurt right now have, have been had been playing really well. Tommy Nosek, William Carrier had been playing really well up front and and been a force on our on our fourth line. Have been a force. It takes the pressure a lot off of the uh, um, takes a lot of pressure off of what's going on in the rest of the game. So I think it just takes a lot of pressure off our top two lines. And now all of a sudden yeah. they're required to score more, and it makes it a little bit harder. You you mentioned Nate the expectations, and early in the season you guys are an expansion team and. Who knows what to expect, right? And all of a sudden, you win eight of your first nine games, and you continue to win. Um, you have a great month of December. I think you go 11-1-1 in December, and you're able to grab, at least for a day anyways, first overall in the league, and you've been kind of consistently number one in the West. Yeah. Have you noticed other teams ramp up their games more and more as they played you guys as the season's gone on compared to a game in the end of October. Well, I just don't think we're sneaking up on anybody anymore. <laughs> yeah, and they know that they're coming here and they're, they know they're in for a game. You know, you look at the schedule at the beginning of the year, it's like, oh, we got three days. We're playing Arizona on Monday, but we can go to Vegas for three days beforehand. Now it's kind of you know, we're playing an expansion team. We're gonna we're gonna mop up quick and move on. You know, enjoy ourselves in Vegas. But now it's you're seeing other you know other teams' best games. You know, last night was a prime example of a team that just had to do whatever they could to win a game, and they didn't maybe play their best game. We didn't play our best game, but you're gonna get everyone's best effort right now. You just you look at the standings. Everyone knows. You know, every no one wants to be the team that. You know, he loses the expansion team, and everyone wants to bring their best game against the best teams in the league. Are you somebody, so we're right, we just started the Winter Olympics um, over the last few days. Yeah. How much will you watch of that if you can figure out the time change? <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, 17 either, hours. Yeah, you either got to be yeah. really, really late at night, right, yeah. in order to catch things. I actually watched, like, after the game last night, I watched some snowboarding. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Here you go. Uh, yeah, I just think it's, uh, nothing beats the Olympics, right? I mean, it's, that's the reason why we love you know, people all over the world watch it. That's why it's such a, you know, you know, dates back to, oh, man, how, how many thousands of years ago when they started it. And, uh, yeah, I, it's just, there's something about it. It's just a, a super special event. And that's the reason why I think our guys like to watch it. And I know I like to watch it. It's in the room every day, you know, for the next two weeks. So. Do you have a curiosity factor now with the NHL guys not in the hockey part to kind of see what that's like without them? It's going to be interesting. You know, it's, it's really, what's good, what's good is that I know a lot of guys that, that are playing. I mean, not that you don't know the guys that play now. I mean, you yeah. obviously play against them. But it, these are guys you played with, in, like, in the American League. Um, you know, they, they, they put their guys that did that. So it's just guys that, you know, got are getting a shot to do something that, you know, never else would have been able to have that opportunity. So I think that's pretty cool. Got some Philly fans looking at us. It's been a long time for a cup for them. <laughs> <laughs> they can just keep walking along. You know, you're a Minnesota guy, and obviously Herb Brooks the author of uh, one of the greatest Olympic moments yeah. and uh, the greatest Olympic moment in, uh, in, in Olympic hockey. 
with this with the different players and the guys that have kind of Jimmy Slater is on the Olympic team. Yeah. <laughs> and, and guys of is does part of you kind of you know obviously we we'd like to see the best players and and see the NHL players but does part of you kind of think it's great that they're getting that opportunity It's almost that amateurism look uh, not to try and put it that way uh, it just because you don't have the NHL guys doesn't mean that you're not going to see some good hockey well I think it's still going to you're going to still see you know, on every given night, you're going to see 40 guys, you know, killing themselves to win a game. And I think that's the most important thing to put on the colors. That's a pretty special thing to have to be able to do. So, Having covered uh, international hockey, it does not diminish the game. It's still yeah. an entertaining brand. Yeah. And I think more, you know, sure, it's great to see the best in the world. But there's also an, an intrigue to it when maybe those guys aren't there. That team factor is so important. And uh, I talked about on the broadcast, uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar. I covered the game when France beat Canada. I think it was the second <laughs> time ever he scored the shootout winner. Yeah. Like, it, it was shocking. But, you know, you set up for some of those great stories that yeah. you see that you no, wouldn't normally see. Yeah, and that's what I think. That's what storylines and, and international hockey is all about. You never know what you're gonna get, right? You never know what you're gonna, you know, who's gonna come up big, who the next big name is gonna be that you come out of the Olympics and say, "Wow, that guy had an unbelievable tournament." Where's this guy? Can this guy fit in somewhere? Absolutely. And I think that's the first. That's gonna happen. There's gonna be guys that are gonna be able to do that. You're gonna see some guys. I bet, possibly if their seasons end early, you might see them come over and play in North America. I, I think that. I mean, that's not un, not unrealistic to think. I was in Sochi, and it was very apparent after Canada played their first game that no one was going to beat them. It was, just, it, was, it was game, set, match really early on. And, uh, but there were some great moments. TJ Oshie, oh. the, the shootout, you know, it was... That was incredible. It was, it was wild, and it was really cool. Finland beat Russia, yeah. and after they came off the ice, they knew they were going to get Canada at some point in time, and, and they were done. And... Oli Okunin said to me, this was our gold medal, beating the Russians in this game. And he had a a big cut down the side of his face, and he was dripping in sweat, and it was just like he was completely drained and filled with with joy and glory. And he was like, this was our gold medal. And it was was, uh, those moments are... You're going to still have those moments, yeah. Regardless of of whether or not Sidney Crosby's there and Alex Ovechkin's there, there's going to be other players that are going to create very special moments. Yeah, I think that's you hit the nail right on the head. I think it's, that's where it comes down. That, that's the beauty. That's the that's the purity of what is the Olympics. Yeah, that's what that's what makes the Olympics as pure as it is. As it Who do you is. like to have dinner with? Which teammate do you like to have dinner with the most? It's awfully off topic from the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound topics. like what we were just talking about. That sounds like an ambush. <laughs> um, hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. Well, I know a guy that I like to have dinner. I'm not sure how much he likes to have dinner with me, but it's flour because half the time, well, 90% of the time I'm talking and his ears all chewed up by the end of the night. But <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. He, does that force him to pay the bill a little quicker and you don't have to pay Honestly, too? a lot of the times, yeah. <laughs> He's he making he, big he, dough. Why yeah, not? He, he grabs onto it real quick. He's like, all right, Cal, I already ordered the cab. Time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's I mean, honestly, we. Uh, what's great about our group is on any given night, there's just a couple of restaurants that get put in the group chat, and then all of a sudden just guys just show up. It's That's what makes our, our group kind of fun. And that's interesting because we were talking about 
earlier that you know the differences, expectations, pressures. You can't put enough value on the chemistry that's in a room, and you always hear when a team wins the cup, they say it's the best group of guys yeah, yeah. ever played with. And there, there's some truth to you always play with great guys. Played with great guys yeah, on a lot of teams, sure. but there's a little special additive when you can go all the way. And maybe, I, and I see, I see little similarities yeah, there with your team. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's what it. When you, when you you look at it and you you're if I'm a GM I'm looking there trying to say at the end of the day okay you got this many stats on this guy but when you can, you can throw all that out the window it really comes down to no Corsi you can <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I let me ask for Gary's let, me, uh, let yeah. me ask you how do you feel about it no it's uh, I think what it really comes down to is is how the guys feel about each other in the locker room is are you willing to dive in front of a puck for your buddy are you willing to you know those types of things and and that's just that's the intangibles you can't measure that are the biggest things that i think that team can use going forward you know when you go against guys nate like um alex ovechkin recently limited him to one shot and a lot of that was you're playing right d's coming down that left wing and yeah you're head to head against him somebody like Sidney crosby just reached 400 goals yeah what's that challenge like how much do you relish that as a defenseman I haven't been able to have it until this year. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's it's a heck of a responsibility. You know, I, I, and I put a lot on myself, and I know Braden does as well, McNabb, you know, he does as well, that, you know, we obviously have to go out and play our games. You know, nothing really changes. But there's a satisfaction when you're at the end of the night and you look at a statue and you say, you kept your guys off the board. You did your job, you know. Um, and... And that's really what it boils down to. And for me personally, it's that's like the most important thing in my game right now is do I do my job? Can the coaches trust me to go out and do my job? Does my partner, which is probably the biggest thing, does my partner trust me that I'm going to do my job? And that's what I think about after the games. You know, I check my turnovers, I giveaways, and I, and I go talk to Naber after games. Like, that's that's my thing about what I do after. That's kind of my my thought process, my checklist as I get done or when I go when I get ready for a game. Uh, and- Fortunately, I played against both those guys. There must have been about four or five injuries. It wasn't for a long period, but we must have been really thin on the decor. But I remember a couple of games against Ovechkin and Crosby, and you know, to play. and I understand that challenge is something you want as a defenseman. Uh, but I look now, uh, and, I, and I think I know where you're going to go. But who do you think the, the toughest to defend is? Because I see some guys now, and I'm glad I'm I'm watching from up top. <laughs> Do you have uh, one in mind? Well, who would you who would you say? You don't have to go with who you think. I would say. Yeah. The biggest challenge and the one that, you know, that you look at on teams is probably McDavid just because of how quick yeah. he is. And for me, that's that, that goes right up my alley. You know, that's the type of game that I want to play. I want to play a speed game. I want to be able to skate and to see, all right, let's see who can, who can you know, put the Jets on, who can, who can turn and burn the best and, and catch up or, you know what I mean, or fall behind and, and that type of thing. That's the reason why I really like it's, it's a good line to play against, you know, when they had them together with, in, uh, in Winnipeg with Wheeler, Shifley, and Ehlers when they were all playing together. All guys that are big guys that can skate and move. And that, that's... Those are just matchups that you just look forward to. And that's the kind of game that I like to play and... You know, and and uh, I probably have to say, you know, number ninety-seven. He's he's pretty special with what he does. He's he's got to be one of the hardest. When he gets going, he's got to be the hardest guy to probably defend. Him, you know, and the other guys that might be a little bit better down low, you know, a little bit bigger bodies or something like that. But in sheer open open space and talent, that's he's got to be the he's got to be the guy that's up there. We watched the game against Pittsburgh, and I was I asked Shane after I said, who is the guy that of that group is 
hardest to defend. And Malkin is big and long and has yeah, that reach. Yeah, yeah. And Kessel has a burst and he can really shoot it. Yeah. Crosby is more deceptive. Yeah, oh yeah. And that uh, Shane convinced me. I thought Malkin. I think Malkin is underrated in that respect. Oh. But Shane made the point to me after that you know Crosby can get you with his strength, with his speed, and and really has that crazy hockey sense. Yeah, you know, you're going into a corner with that guy. If you take, if you put yourself on one bad, if you put him on the right, if you're on the wrong side of the puck, you know, he's obviously, he's going to feel you off and spin off, yeah. and then you're, and then he's gone. You can't catch him. You know, Malkin, he's not going to be the one that's going to go in there and try and stick his butt out and play. He's, no. he's going to want to keep his feet moving and do that type of thing. So it makes it, that's just what makes 87, the, the, you know, the best player in our league. I just think, I think so. He just, it's so hard to play against when he's, you know, when he's doing his thing, it's it's extremely hard to play against. Well, he has the ability to pass on his forehand and the backhand. Kind of, my, Patrick Kane would be the other comparable. I think they, yeah. it doesn't matter to them. They, a lot of guys, you know, you can make good backhand pass. You're in the NHL, but those guys they do have it. They have two forehands. They, they do. Yeah. And, and their vision. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I, I forgot about Patrick Kane. I, I found him one of the hardest guys. Yeah, I think we're tough. talking mainly centermen, but... Uh, for wingers, but Crosby's uh, still to me the elite one. Just his yeah. his vision and his strength. He gets so low on you; it's hard yeah, to get. It's, a, it's, it's hard to get a get a push on him. You can't. Yeah. You push on him. He's two hundred and ten pounds at five up the five eleven. Yeah. You know, it's hard to move him. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you know, Nate Smith joining us as our guest of the day on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Day podcast. Nate, for the most. That's the name of the podcast. This is what you've been roped into. <laughs> These four morons sitting at this table right here. Sounds like a, it's been great. Yeah. It's, uh, the, um, Can't believe this is my first one. <laughs> well, we've Gary. had a lot of important people on this. <laughs> yeah. Bill Foley, George McPhee. You're the first player. You're the first oh, yeah. player. Oh. First player. Yeah. Welcome. So there Thanks, you go. guys. I appreciate it. I feel yeah. pretty honored. The you, combos here are a nice touch. Yep. <laughs> we've, we've got uh, some water. Nothing some but the best. For you. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but the best here. Enjoy that. Oh, I will. Hey, are we uh, going to bring Nate in on the quiz? Yeah, we're going to bring him in on the quiz right now. All right, so Dan Duva, we're going to... Do I get to look at it? Dan and I are going to share. You can have, you oh. can have a couple of more uh, cheese snacks here while Dan loads up the quiz for you. All right, Nate Schmidt joining us. Well, this uh, first question, uh, really, I don't know if Nate's going to have much insight on this one. I, I think uh, I know Shane's going to throw me under the bus on, on this first question, but here we go. <laughs> Uh, over under on combined pounds gained by the SLGND crew on the last road trip. What? Oh. <laughs> wow. Would you like me to repeat that again? Yes, for you? please. Uh, <laughs> the over under on combined wow. pounds oh, gained. Oh, over. Over. No, well, yeah, what's the over the under? You, know, you, oh, you want to say the combined? Well, I know what I did alone. I'm going to I would I would love to set the number and then have you guys. Okay. All right. You set I, would, the, I would say it's at. <laughs> Nate scans the group, yep. I'm saying it's over under 14 and a half. Well, I, I did two Italian meals with uh, the Italian there at the no, end. No, I'm talking, like, you can't just weigh yourself right after an Italian meal. That's not fair. You have to weigh yourself. So you're saying 14.5 14 pounds. Combined? Combined. That's the over under. That's the over under. Oh, All right. over. I know what I did. It was solid. A lot of work. I know what I did, too. <laughs> I'll, t I'll tell you this. I... Uh, I didn't weigh myself right when we get back, but I did go to the gym a couple of times. So do I get to take after that? No. Because no, no that wouldn't be you fair. Know, you know what you weighed when you got home. <laughs> when, when, I left, when I left the trip, I'll have to do some math then. I will tell you, there was a lot of red wine consumed on that trip, too. So the sugar <laughs> level. Well, that's the healthy stuff. There's, it was well, an antioxidant. It's the beer. Yeah, the beer. Yeah, yeah. And there was a few. A few they had uh, a bourbon night a before I got there. They did it without me. That, oh, you know, that's right. My well, buddies. 
Calgary. That's, getting, that's coming up in questionable behavior, in by the way. So no. the over. The over. All right. So the over. Half over. we're going to have to admit okay. what we did. I, it's, it's the, I'm taking the over as well. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Honestly, I are we counting me as well? No, no. Yeah, I was minus. I, I did minus eight. One. I'll admit, <laughs> you were one under. <laughs> minus one. Well, you're burning two thousand calories on eight. a night. I put on. I put on eight. I put on. I put on. I put on eight. I've already. I've oh my god. <laughs> okay, so then the two of you don't have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been answered. I've dropped. I've dropped five of them already. Oh yeah. Well, that's what. See, that's what I'm saying. But I got home from the trip. I weighed myself. No, no, no. So eight, eight. What'd you have, Deuce? I think it was. I mean, I might have gained two, but I've already lost the two. So I think Dave put on not zero. So not zero. So he's saying that you guys haven't lost yours already. I've got some of it. Go sure. Well, Dave was a plus, but it was all muscle, right, Dave? I, uh, I put on two pounds of muscle. Well, then that's <laughs> obvious. <laughs> then the 14 and a half line is pretty uh, pretty good. That would be 16 well, Dave, Dave, minus two. <laughs> I, I'm surprised Ghosh gained it all because I thought he lost his appetite for sure after the Eagles won. Oh. Oh. Shane, that hurts my soul. It, it hurts my soul very deeply. That was a long day. Yeah, that was a long. If you follow the uh, sheriff on the Twitters, you would have seen uh, my meltdown as the, as the Patriots were melting down. Go back and take a look if you get nothing else to do with your time. <laughs> it was a very painful night, Shane. Thank you. Well, it's I can understand where this that comes from. I keep taking one combo out and putting it on the table for me to eat. And by the time I turn back around, it's already gone. <laughs> There's a pigeon here. There's a pigeon here. I saw it. It's been hilarious. He keeps putting one out and Gary keeps grabbing it. <laughs> Gary's Gary's <laughs> Did you lick the salt off the next one for me? Oh, yeah. Did you get it ready for me? Oh, tasty! All right, we're moving right along. I, I don't even. I don't know. Normally, we we have a winner on these. I think things. we all won. I think we all no, won that one. Okay. Uh, so, quiz question number two. Now, what player will fetch the biggest return from now until the trade deadline? We talked about Ooh. some of the guys. Ooh, that's good. Who we were thinking might be, you know, fits for different teams. Are you talking about guys that are on the block? Or are you talking guys that are like potentially been like mentioned? Any player is going to get moved yeah. in the NHL. Any guy. And your guess is well, because obviously lots of guys aren't going to get moved. It's got to be yeah. someone that we've been hearing his name kicking around in the media. What will he fetch that biggest return? Yeah, you can't okay. say Crosby. No, 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 no. There's <laughs> no, two guys. Is it Watson, Kane, Mike well, Hoffman? Well, yeah. Of the, I mean, Mike Green. Yeah, uh, you know, puck moving D man. It's a premium. McDonough, see, I I I think he's a uh, got a great contract too, which I, it's hard to think that they would be moving him, but um, I mean, so if they trade do, you, what do, do you think they'll get in return? <laughs> <laughs> a bag, no, we'll of, a bag of cheddar combos. <laughs> we don't have enough combos. We, we don't have enough through this answer, All right. <laughs> You know, it all depends on if you guys think that either Tavares or like Eric Carlson will be dealt. You know, those are two guys that have been out there, big time guys that have, they said, you know, if they think that. Carlson has said he's not going to trade John Tavares. Okay, well then. Said he's it, up. but. Yeah, well that's also to keep the dreads drive the price up. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's always a, you know it's a, it'd be interesting. I, I would think that, how many years left does Nash have? Anybody know? He's up. He's, he's up. up. He's up. He's a pure rental. Pure so rental. Tavares. Yeah. So was Carlson, right? No. Carlson's got one year Carlson left? Carlson has a year left. That's why I think he'd get the most. So it's Eric Carlson. That's I would answer. say probably Eric. I'd say Eric Carlson on D and then on four. If I have to pick one guy. Just pick a guy. Just one guy. Okay. Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. You, you, you two guys have uh, any comment on this? 
Go ahead, Gary. I'm going to say Thomas Tatar of the Detroit Red Wings. A stake for Tatar. Okay. I just, I, I, he's got time left. He's young. He's a, a guy that, that a, a lot of teams, not even contenders, would spend money to get him. And uh, Detroit is a really interesting team. Are they going to, you know, are, are they going to try and rebuild? Are they going to burn it down? Is Ken Holland going to be the guy pulling the shots? He might not even get traded, but if they did put him, make him available, I think you get a massive return for him. Yeah, but, but rebuilding, when you're trading one, I mean, if they go with the rebuild, like, when do you think that they would want to keep him? But I understand what you're saying. If they, they don't go that way, then I understand where you're going. But that's tough. If you want to have a rebuild and not have one of your young guys around, that's tough. Former Calder Cup champion. It's all about the return. It's all about the return. Right? You, yeah, you know. especially if you get guys that are ready. All right. Shane, anything else to add or, or until we go to question number three? Well, we're just, we've already talked a lot about the guys available for trade. I think the ones, the names that have been out there are still going to get the big haul. You know, the Rick Nash. I think somebody's, somebody's going to pull the trigger on it. I, okay. think Rick, I, I honestly think I think Rick Nash. I, I was going to say Rick. If I, on guys that are purely on the block, I, yeah. I would say Rick Nash. Because he can play... He can play on the power play. He can play PK, and that's so that's so uh, you know vital when you're for you're getting a trade piece. I think if you can get a guy that can do both, that's impressive. Yeah. That's what you want. So that's on the player side, Nate. So let's look at it from a team perspective. Question number three for the quiz is: What team will go all in and make the biggest change to the roster between now and the deadline? Which team is going to look most different? Oh boy. Um. That's a good question. Do you guys want to go first? Is this the team to... trying to add or subtract? Yeah, I was just going to say, because that could be one That's of two good... ways. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, I didn't I think gonna... of it either, and I wrote the question. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, this is adding. Okay, uh, adding. Uh, to uh, make the biggest change between, yeah, this is uh, to go all in and change to try and win. So this is additions, not subtractions. Do you want to go first? I got to think about this for a second. Anybody? Dave. Uh, well, Dave. You know, you know, one of the, just as kind of an aside to that, Nate, one of the things we talked, talked about earlier, I don't know if those big blockbuster deals at a deadline, think about it, Pittsburgh last year, you know all too well. Who do they add? Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Who do they <laughs> add, though? Ron Hainsey. Yep. Right? It wasn't a huge, um, I don't know if anyone makes a huge deal to try to, you know, Nashville just added Mike Fisher. Yep. You know, so, That's, like, are they going to be – they've got the, you know, among the best defense core in the league. Yeah. Um, is Tampa Bay going to alter what they already have that much? I don't know if anybody's going to really – in terms of adding to try to load yeah. up, for lack of a better, yeah, yeah, better yeah. way to put it. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't see anyone making two trades. I think it's, I think it's a one-trade market. That's the reason why I think it's going to be hard for when the dominoes start to fall – you got to make sure. That's the reason why the place, you know you don't think your old place, teams gonna the, the window keeps getting smaller and smaller. No, because there's not a whole heap of a lot left in the cupboard. You know, like just like with trading for the last couple of years and picks and all that stuff. Like you almost got to look to your. I mean, Pittsburgh's gonna make a big ad. They got a chance to win three in a row. They're gonna try and uh, they're gonna try and do something on the back end or up front. I'm not sure where. See, I would, uh, Jim Rutherford is the kind of guy that is aggressive yeah, he's an adder, and will do it. Sure. And you've got Sidney Crosby, you've got Evgeny Malkin, and I, you know, the window is still going to be open for them for a number of years. I think they're still, still really great, fantastic players. 
But I think, you know, you got a chance to do something really special. I think Rutherford tries to, tries to, he tries to augment that roster so, and, a bit. And because of that, I, my two teams will be Tampa and Boston. I think Tampa is going to look for a D-man. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think Boston's, they're, they're going to be ones after I, Nash I think, or Grabner. Yeah, I think, I, and I, I was going to say, I would say probably Boston as well. D-man and a forward, just both veteran guys, you know, because you have a really young team yeah. um, in Boston. That's, that's probably the team that I would pick. I actually am going to go against you, Gary, and I'm going to say Pittsburgh doesn't make a move at the deadline. Right. Well, I just think that they have their, I mean, when they get everybody healthy, they have all their young guys up, and they're, they're going to, I can't imagine people, I, I can't imagine people trading to Pittsburgh just to help them win. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just, that's, it's tough. It's, I mean, it is business. Hey, business is business. Oh, yeah. But understanding the, where they sit in and where they've been. So there's no consensus on the exact. <laughs> Any team can make a big move. I, no, I'm out there. I think it's Boston. Well, yeah, I guess maybe take the other end of it, too. Who dismantles? I mean, is it the Rangers? They've been public about it. But who dismantles? <laughs> Ottawa should. Ottawa Buffalo probably. should. What was the other one? Buffalo. Yep. Like. Arizona. Know, probably. <laughs> Arizona, they're, they're, I think they're, they're not going to do much. They're going to. Who do they have to trade? Do you think, well, do you think that Ak- apparently wants to get traded? Um, do you think Oliver Ekman Larson gets traded no. before Eric Carlson? Or if at all? Or do you think they both stay put? Jeez, you should write. You're going to write questions next week? <laughs> <laughs> you can put together the podcast next week. Because <laughs> here's the thing you're looking at two guys. Well, both have a year left on their deal, right? Yeah. Puck moving D man. Both young, you know, but still pretty young. You know, both Swedish. Both Swedish. Both and I play- wonder with Ekman Larson, Nate, if he, you know, they've had a lot of lean years in Arizona. You know, is he somebody that would welcome? He, he loves the desert, don't we? Yeah, all? yeah, but no, I hear you. I mean, that losing at some it's point has got to just drain. Yeah, I hear you. Know? you. It's, it's hard on you. Yeah. You go through that kind of phase, it's tough. I'll tell you, they have to be talking to him on a daily basis because he can yeah. if he walks wakes up tomorrow and says i'm out of here. i'm walking into the dressing room and i'm going to tell the reporters i want out of here it really derails them oh yeah well look what happened to colorado you know look at you know look at look at happened to colorado i mean that duchene stuff was around for a year yeah. i mean no matter how much you try and no matter how much you try and fry it how you fillet nope. it how you how you you know fancy it it's gonna come up as it's tough it's hard on the room you know, they, they traded them and they won ten in a row. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say it. <laughs> I just think the relief where it was just oh, yeah. you know, finally, you know, the it's it's over. You know, and whether they they're happy for him, not, you know, whatever it would would have been. So uh, Nate Schmidt joining us here. Is that it for the quiz, Dan? Is that about it? That's the quiz. Time yeah. for Razor Fold. Razor Fold. I think we'll just give Nate the win on the quiz, okay? Yeah. <laughs> You're the winner, Nate. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have another uh, another combo for yourself. Yeah, he wins. Combo. This is kind of like. Uh, this is kind of like you guys are big psychology guys. Like you know, you you, you I put one up for you. Positive reinforcement. I put one up for you. <laughs> it's like lace potato chips. You can't have just one. All right, Nate Schmidt. We got one final segment. We're going to torture you with here. Okay, hit me. We're sitting here on Fremont Street of the D Hotel. Why not raise or fold? Okay. okay. So raise or fold on this. Going out at a premier Las Vegas steakhouse could be Andy Amo right here in the um, D Hotel, without any significant others. Right after returning from a nearly a two-week road trip, as this group might do tonight. Would you raise or fold on that? What do you do? Well, I've been here before, and it is fantastic. I agree. <laughs> I agree. 
So you're saying going back out with the boys after being gone from after being away oh, for oh, I get it. Oh, I, oh, I get it. I, I get where you're. I get where you're coming from. I'm just gonna say that I'm gonna fold that. Given I tried to have a meeting after practice day and that got shut down. This guy was wanted to go home. They're like, hey, I gotta get home. Like, Wife and kids are going to kill me. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. A, meet, like, a meeting just like, but, like why? a little get-together? Yeah, just a little soiree of sorts. You spent 11 <laughs> days with these guys. Hey, that's the reason why we like. That's the reason why we love each other. And that like was me. shot down immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to get home. I haven't seen my child in 12 days. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Sounds good. Shane? Oh, I fold. Although I'm going to be <laughs> Although I would love to. <laughs> if I here. had the funds, is what he's saying, I would raise. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, you're short stacked with a fold. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I've got the full deck right. stacked against well, me. Man. Yeah. yeah. My wife doesn't know what a podcast is, let alone listen to one. Yeah, so I'm raising. Yeah. Raise. I'm raising. I told my wife, I'm like, yeah, the, the boss wants to take us to dinner. I got to go. What do you want me to do? I'm raising. Are you kidding me? It's worth it. Is it just yeah. the, if we're just talking the five of us, it's an absolute raise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking like the. If you're talking the well, rest just, of the team, I would say it's a full. No, thing. but the five, six of us, including our Pierre guy, Eric Tosi. Yep. Thank yeah, you it's for on taking the Tosi account. Thanks dude, for taking dude, you know, no, no, you're raised. You're good. <laughs> right now, I don't have a significant other yeah, to worry exactly. about. So. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm you go to dinner, maybe you'll yeah, find well, one. Well, well, honestly, if, Fern won't be upset if I if I, if I fold this. I'm going home to leftover taco meat that I made the other night. That doesn't sound very advantageous. All right, that's that's enough raising for me. I'm on board. Let's go. Right. So that's um. That's it's four raises and a fold. Nate Schmidt, not the record show, folded. Uh, I'm gonna play this podcast to Gary's wife. Yes. <laughs> on repeat. You are that kind of guy. <laughs> on repeat. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise that's me. What happens. Absolutely. That's what happens when the law rides with the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> All right. Next razor fold. Brent burns like beards on dudes that aren't players. Um, so if I were to grow like, a Brett, oh, Brett I get it. Are you saying oh, media yeah. guys? Like, I, no, anybody. anybody. Ed Just Polk, any, any GM, guy. Anyone. Reporter. I'm going to fold it because I, I I, like the professional look, and I can't grow a beard like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patchy. Patchy. It's I not great. I think the sheriff should let his go. Uh, like well, here's the thing, though. It's like, how long does it take to get there? Sounds like, I mean, in the summer, too, it seems like a lot of hot. I don't need that. I think it's a young man's game. I'm folding. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on the profession. Or, or, or what if what if it depends on the type of the beard you have, like the color? This is within the confines of the hockey world. And I'm talking the color. You know. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like it. You know, the players, whatever, I, it doesn't bother me. But I think especially if you're in media, we've seen it around. It doesn't look good. I think it just doesn't look professional. So I that's, guess I'm folding. I fold it just because I can't, I can't. There's not a chance I could grow one. Like, I, there's not a chance. You? I was uh, twice forced into growing the playoff beard. <laughs> oh, that's well, fine. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's a playoff, playoff beard. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, but but having that experience twice for two months. Now, the second time around, there were, there were a couple of gray whiskers in there I did not like to see. Uh, but uh, but it was, it was, became exceptionally annoying, and especially to talk as a broadcaster with yeah. whiskers getting in your, your, your lips and teeth. No good. Uh, it took the barber, like, a good half hour to just buzz it down. 
after the yeah. playoff run uh, last year. So I, I will I will try to fold against. Well, here's the thing though about anything with playoff related: a beard. Oh man, when I was in junior, we did mohawks and mustaches. It was and, the, and you had to dye it just to show up. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I, had I to played dye. junior. I, I had to dye mine. I looked like I just got out of county. Like it was not great. <laughs> well, they used to have the used to have the flow, right? I had no. I had like the Chuck Liddell, almost like what I have now, but even yeah. shorter. There you go. <laughs> like Way right back. down the middle. Yeah, we it did was... that too. I remember one year. Yeah, we did that. We shaved the sides. We dyed our hair black, and then whatever hair you had on your face got dyed as yeah, well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So fold sounds like a fold on that. Yeah. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. 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 It's not a good look. Nah. All right. Two to go on Razor Fold, Nate. Yep. Razor Fold on the Columbus Blue Jackets making the playoffs. Ooh. Right now, they're on the outside looking in, but not by much. Yeah. It's tough division. Tough, tough sledding right now out there. Um, I think they have a top, I mean, on any given night, a top two goalie in the league. If not one of the, you know, if not the best goalie in the league. That can bring you to a lot of, that can solve a lot of problems. Um, I'm going to fold it. Ooh, so they're out. I was going to give you the option to pass on that one, too, if you wanted to. No, there's no such thing. In a poker game, they don't give you a chance to pass. I'm going to fold. They're not making the playoffs. I hate to say it, but I'm going to fold, too. Wow. Three folds on the Blue Jackets. I'm going to raise because they have Sergei Bobrovsky in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the one reason. That's that's the the one one X factor to me because right now Carolina's in that last spot, and Scott Darling has not, he's been, forget it, hasn't been the answer. Cam Ward's been good, but. That's a, for me. That's the X factor. All right. Well, this leads us to the. Oh, sorry, Dad. Yeah. yeah thanks, Gary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fold though. It, it just just from when the Blue Jackets were here, and what Nick Foligno had to say, the captain of the Jackets after the game, and what John Tortorella had to say. That there seemed to me a kind of disconnect between what he was going for. Then you had that weird press conference where Tortorella didn't want to respond to questions about yeah. Foligno. They're just, if you got your head coach and your captain not on the same page, I don't like that. That's why I'm going to fold on the And jackets. then all the things, you know, surrounding like Jack Johnson too. Like they said, are oh, you going to deal him? Yeah. You know, are you going <clears> to, <throat> that's another captain, right? Another captain you're trying to deal. Yeah. So uh, four folds and a raise uh, on that because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Or not, probably. <laughs> Last one on Razor Fold. The Rangers going on a hot streak and making the playoffs and their GM still <laughs> selling off some players. They're only, as of right now, yeah, Nate, um, point out? two points out. <sighs> two points out. You know what? I raised that. I got them not, uh, but I'm going to amend it and say I have them going on a run here. And not, and maybe, I mean, maybe selling one guy, not, I don't think they're going to sell the farm. I really don't. I don't I, you get that, it's that taste of success. You have a little taste of that little playoff fever. It's hard to get rid of that. I'm going to raise, because Henrik Lundqvist, he played yesterday. Pavlik got hurt, and Lundqvist wasn't, wasn't his start. He played. He played his best game of the year. Yeah. Beat the Winnipeg yeah. Jets. Yeah. He is looking at life. It, it, he's not leaving New York. No. And they're going to trade all these guys, and they're going to start a rebuild. And he's going to fight that. He's going to hold on to what he has yeah. like grim death. He yeah. is going to be out of his mind from now until the end of the season. Yeah. Fold. Fold. Oh. <laughs> An auto fold from yeah. the sheriff. I fold. I think they're, I think they're out. You know, the interesting thing will be with Lundquist, right? Like, this has been talked about since this announcement last week. 
he's never played a game that didn't matter, right? The only time he missed the playoffs was in yeah. 10, and they lost in a shootout in the final game of the year against Philadelphia. Ooh. So, but I think, I do think they're, you know, because let's say if they, if they trade Rick Nash, if they move McDonough, whatever, if they move Zuccarello, does that make him a better team? Well, you know, what do you what do you think you get back for one of those guys? Say you trade Rick Nash. I, I, no, I'm not a general manager, but well, no. Uh, but like, if you're sitting there looking at it, what do you think you get back from him? Do you think you get a first round, a prospect, and a player? Well, to you can see Nash because unless they're going to hold on to him, right? Do you think McDonough gets more or Nash? Should because it's contract. We did this question half an hour ago. Oh, sorry. I'll shut. I'll yeah. shush. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been here on time. <laughs> I, uh, I think I'm going to fold on the Rangers making the playoffs, but we talked earlier about pressure, and if all of a sudden basically management is taking the pressure off of this team, listen, you guys are not going to make it, so we're going to try to sell off some pieces. Now the guys who are there, whether it's guys who are on the team currently and stay, or if they do sell somebody off, bring somebody up from the minors, that group is not under any particular pressure to make yeah. a run. So they mm -hmm. might make a run. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs just because of how competitive, yeah, how many other good teams are in the mix. Row. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually go on a nice little run, plus Lundqvist, which you already talked about. And their GM has kind of, in, in essence, done to that team what was done to the entire Vegas Knights roster and said, you're not good enough. We don't want you. We're going to unprotect you. We're going to move you. And yep. I'll also yep. add that Glenn like Sather, the they said, is going to be around for at yep. least another year. So it's not like <laughs> Sather's out of town after this year. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, what was the official tally on that? Fold, nides, I fold. So two raises, two, yeah. two raises, three folds. Raises, three folds. All right. There you go. Right. So that's, um, that's razor fold. So our final segment here is fact check where Dan um, <laughs> gets out his, his red marker. So what do you got? What did we screw up this time around? Yeah. Uh, you guys are just becoming pros at this. Uh, so it, it's not so much to say that anything out there was wrong. I'll just highlight some of the key points. And that was that plus 30 for William Carlson. Uh, that's four better than next on the list. And you've got Zdeno Chara and Riley Smith and some other guys right there, plus 26. But William Carlson has separated himself and now plus 30. Talked about Max Legacy and uh, that run that he had. After going down to the American League, he was 9-2-2 two two when he went nice. back to Chicago after his terrific run that Gary and David talked about when he'd won the five out of the eight. So uh, the, uh, the facts, you guys, are well prepared. It seems increasingly wow. hard for me to, to, uh, to find inaccuracy, so I simply <laughs> highlight the facts that you have already researched. So uh, that's my uh, genuine tip of the cap. All right. Nate was late. That should count against <laughs> yeah. him. Nate was late. <laughs> hey, we want to thank you for so. You are the first player that's been on the week. Hey, yeah, tortured. first player, first star. Hey, thanks. As a as first a, time, as first a Marty gift, <laughs> we have a, a bag of combos. We'll give you on the way out. Just keep uh, it away from Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, they're, let they're me okay open it. They're, they're let okay me. if they're in the bag. They're just not safe when you put them out. They're like a seagull. There's only three left. Come, come, come. I see. I see your one, and I raise you to it. There you <laughs> go. Well, Nate Schmidt, Golden Knights defenseman, joining us, Nate. Uh, we're thrilled you to take the time to spend with us here today. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I would come back anytime. Awesome. This Good. is fun. What are you doing next week? Every week. <laughs> <laughs> we can change the name. I Nate was... Schmidt Podcast. No, 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 no. Did you see the signage I got behind you there? Like, we if I made that myself. No expense for the sign. Yeah. And we go all That's out here. Sheriff's penmanship right there. Looks good. <laughs> yep. We good. could add Ann Nate on there. <laughs> 
It's pretty easily. Some, and some guys named David Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some guys. Yeah. Some guys. I like it. That's right. Well, yeah, we appreciate it, Nate, so, so much. Thanks yeah, very thank much. You guys. Thanks appreciate for joining it. us thank here you. on the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Coming to you from the D Hotel, downtown Vegas. Go on to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, listen all the time. We'll talk to you next time here on hashtag SLGND. Thank you.